I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Are you a high performer and why does diet and training even matter? Guys, what's up? You might have heard me talk about whether it be on social media or in some of these other episodes when I refer to high performers or high achievers or people of that nature. What is a high performer and and how do you define that person? Maybe you don't feel like one or maybe you aren't one yet, but it doesn't mean that you can't become one. I would consider myself a high performer based on all the work and effort that I've put in over the years, but I also recognize that I'm always a student and that I've never reached my my potential. I've never truly actualized my potential. So there's a dichotomy there of recognizing my own growth and that most people would consider me a high performer, but I also recognize that I'm still just scratching the surface of what's possible if I continue to approach things from a student and as a and with a growth mindset. And so I am telling you this not to brag, but to say to you that you can be exactly the same. Wherever you are right now, maybe you feel like a dud. Maybe you feel like someone who is is, is not productive or professional or whatever. You can recreate that person. And maybe you consider yourself a high performer in certain areas, but are you actually? That's what this episode is going to be about because I think especially in the day and age of social media where everyone is peacocking and parading around with their their fancy cars and their cigars in their mouths and all this other shenanigans, they're parading around as a high performer, but are you actually, based on all the pillars in your life, and I'll be honest with you guys, there are a number of people that I see on social media and they talk about wealth and money and, and all and all these and business and all these things. So they, they might be really good at production. So they might be really good at the business stuff, but they're overweight. They're clearly overweight. They have a red face. So I guarantee you their blood pressure is high. They have discoloration under their eyes. So I guarantee you their lymphatic system is backed up and the circulatory system is not good. And I could just look at their blood work and tell you all the myriad of things that are wrong with them. So they might be really strong in one area, but they are weak and vulnerable in these other areas. And that to me is not a high performer. A high performing person is not someone who makes a lot of money, but trades off their health and is an overweight slob that neglects their relationships as a byproduct of getting to that business accolade. That's not someone that I would consider high performer. Just like someone who's in the gym, like an Instagram fitness person, and they're training their butt off and they're jacked and they're ripped, but they don't tell you that they are broke. They have terrible relationships. They can't get along with anyone because they're so OCD about their fitness and their health that they don't do anything else that they don't have those other pillars worked on. And we're all a work in progress. This is not me saying that those people are bad. 
it's me saying that those people are unfinished products and that it's on them and it's on you to be able to see the areas in your life that are not finished and take ownership of that. It's not a bad thing unless you don't do something about it and you just hypercompensate and you continue to hypercompensate in these other areas. I often see that with people that will, they'll have a bottleneck or they'll have a weak link in the chain. And rather than truly working on that weak link, they will just try to strengthen the areas that they're already strong in to compensate and, and hope that that weak link will somehow get fixed as a byproduct of everything else getting stronger. <clears throat> and what often happens is you just get weaker. You become more vulnerable because it's that one little straw that could snap and the whole house of cards comes down. Right, it's like the the um, the professional who's running around and they're 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 earning money and they're doing all these things, but their stress is through the roof. They're drinking in a ton. Their blood pressure's through the roof. Everything is freaking stressful, and because of that, they are aging themselves so much faster. You're you're diminishing your lifespan on this earth. I mean, you are diminishing your lifespan on this earth, guys, when you approach things like that. That is a crying shame. So what do we do about this? How do we define what a high performer really is and why does diet and training matter? So let me touch on a couple of things first about why if you are someone who is striving to become a high performer or you maybe you consider yourself one, but you're, you're a work in progress like we all are, right? But you're taking ownership of the areas maybe that aren't ideal then the first thing to recognize is your branding. So everyone is a brand, regardless of whether you own a business or not, you are a brand because you, the way you look, the way you interact with the world, the way you communicate, the way you carry yourself, the energy you have is a message. It's telling people what you value. It's telling people your rituals and routines. Whether you like to admit it or not, if you're 50 pounds overweight, you're telling people what you value. You're telling people what your rituals and routines are and are not. Whether you're openly telling them or not, they can see it. You can't hide from that. And so in your branding, if your branding is 10 years old, because the last time you did a quick diet challenge was 10 years ago and you were 30 instead of 40 or 40 instead of 50. And since that time period, you put on 50 pounds and you got gray hair and you look completely different. That's not very congruent branding with if you're trying to market yourself as an honest person, if you're trying to portray yourself as someone who is in integrity and someone that has um, a, a good, honest value system, then be honest about who you are. Be honest about what you look like and the types of habits and rituals and routines that you value. It's not from a judgment standpoint. That's what I want you to realize is that it's not me saying, hey, you look like a slob, therefore your branding won't be as good. It's me saying that if you can't take care of your body, then why would I entrust you to take care of my business or any part of something that I value if you don't hold that pillar to such high esteem in yourself? So it's a demonstration of work ethic across the board, guys. You might be good at something, but if you're good at something and you're in good shape and you've got good energy and you're healthy, 
that is so much more compelling than if someone's just good at something, but they're a slob and they're out of shape and they look really unhealthy. It's so much more compelling. You don't have to pick and choose. You can have both. And the other thing that I want to mention is what type of energy are you bringing? Because think about this, your diet, your lifestyle, that will dictate your energy levels. It's going to dictate the type of energy you carry into a room. If you're feeling burned out and exhausted and you're unhealthy, it's really hard to come in with really good, long, sustained energy and fill up other people's cups. And so what happens is you start taking from everyone else's cups all the time. And then you become that energy vampire that you so much didn't want to become, right? So what happens when you start filling other people's cups? What happens when you start adding energy to other people's lives? You literally start attracting more positive people into your ecosystem. You draw people in at your wavelength. You make people interested and curious and you start making things happen. It's people think about this thing as like luck. Oh, you know, I got this business deal or I got, you know, this this job opportunity happened. It was just lucky. It wasn't lucky. It was the right energy and the right place in the right time with the right package. You presented yourself within the right way. You had the right energy and wavelength that tapped into that person and sold them that you are the person. So from a perspective of branding and selling, getting yourself truly optimal is really important in just building trust with people. And then think about this. What are you modeling for other people? And not just for your prospects or your clients or whatever. What are you modeling for your family? What are you modeling for your children? What are you modeling for your friends? Are you modeling to your kids that it's okay to be out of shape and not look after your body? Because do you, do you want them to walk that path too? And if you don't, don't just tell them what they should do. You be it. Model it yourself. That is the best way to help anyone, positively influence anyone, is modeling the thing or the value system that you have, my friend. And so not just those things, but beyond that, think about the potential for ROIs in all different areas of your life. And so what I mention to people is that they might say, well, I'm already doing pretty good in this area. I'm already doing pretty good in that area. What if you could do even better? Or what if you could still do that good, but with less burnout, less stress, less time spent achieving that thing? That's where I'm at in my journey around titration or basically distilling down the key fundamental things and removing all the extra noise and fluff. Because if you're really busy and you're taking a long time to reply to people's emails and you're just like drowning in workload, but you're really successful, that's fine. But you're hitting a glass ceiling because you have no more time. And so what do you do? You have to get more efficient. You have to use this minimum effective dose approach that I have. You have to titrate down what truly works and remove a lot of the other things. I'll tell you this. A lot of people who are high performers they that they, they, and they train, they're probably training too much. You know, if you're training more than 45 minutes four times a week, I would argue that for most people, that's already too much. And so what could you, if you were doing six days a week for an hour, 
what would getting back an extra three or four hours a week do for you in terms of connection with your family and business growth and personal development growth? What would that do for you? And you still got the same result with less time. I would argue in many cases, a better result in less time. Sounds good to be true. I've done it more time and time again, guys. I do it repeatedly, but you have to know what to look for. So the point here being is that a lot of people who are high performers or high achievers are freaking drowning in stress and workload, partly because they're disorganized, but they, they don't take the time to sharpen their acts in the right areas. They might have all these fluffy things they're doing. They're doing Tai Chi and meditations and yogas and journaling and they're more tai chi and their morning routine is like five hours long and it's not to say that you shouldn't do those things but it's to say that you probably need to titrate down what you're doing to get down to the most potent things that actually move the needle and the same applies with your training the same applies with your meal prep and the, the meals you're consuming and the way you're approaching everything. And so <clears throat> you shouldn't be saying to yourself, you know, like it's this, this funny concept of like all gas and no brakes, right? Like most people who are high performers are all gas and no brakes. And what happens? You end up slamming into a brick wall. So don't ask, how do I fit more in or how do I fit it all in? Ask, how can I try titrate down and do less? and either get the same result or get an even better result by doing less. And I've seen that happen time and time again. I'm a byproduct of that. I feel like I've got better results in all the pillars in my life, which I'm going to talk about in a second. By doing less over the last few years, by really stripping back to what fundamentally truly matters. <clears throat> so the first thing that I want to mention when it comes to the four pillars is You've heard me talk about this concept around food as software. <clears throat> and your body is the hardware. So think of your body like the hardware, the computer, and food being the software. What does software look like? Software can come in many shapes and forms, guys. You can have a good operating system update that irons out any bugs and makes your hardware run more efficiently. It doesn't glitch as much. There is more, it frees up more memory, all these kinds of things. Or you can get malware in your system. And what happens when you get some malware on your computer? Things start to crash, they glitch, they slow down, it just bombs out. That is like you putting bad fuel into your system. Most people, especially high performers, don't even know what bad fuel looks like. I've seen people who would consider themselves successful doing these diets where they're eating like these 100 calorie packs of what looks like prison slop, these diet routines where they have like these minimal calorie packages of processed foods. And because they've lost weight, they think that they've hit the pinnacle of success. It's one thing to lose weight. It's another thing to sustain it long-term. And it's another thing to be truly optimal with your nutrition. The last one is definitely not on the cards. You're definitely not being optimal with your nutrition when you're doing some of these prepackaged food challenge type things, period. And I've seen other people <coughs> pop in open cans of tuna, hashtag clean eating. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Like clean eating canned tuna was what I thought when I was in like my early 20s, okay? And you're in your 40s and you still haven't figured it out. You need to get help. You need to get my help. 
if you still haven't figured it out yet. And so what I'm saying here is very often you can't see the forest for the trees. You don't actually even know what clean food constitutes. So you might think you know, but if you don't have the result you want, you don't know. That's the first thing to remember. And it comes back into these four pillars. So one of my mentors, he talks about this process called the four core, which is power, passion, purpose, and production. And so power being your physical body, your fitness, your health, passion being your relationships, your intimate relationship and your relationships with people, friends, purpose being your your reason for being here, your, your calling, your message, your legacy, and production being your business or your income generating streams. Now, I would say that most high performers do really well in maybe one or two pillars, and then they really lack in the other two. So usually what you'll find is that guy, people, especially guys, that do really well in production business might do pretty well in purpose. Like they have a purpose, they have a mission, they have this sort of vision that they're trying to create, but they do really poorly in their health and their relationships because they're pouring everything into production because they're spread so thin or they don't know how to titrate down their routines to actually get minimum effective dose approaches to get the result they want. So they think they can't achieve it because they don't have quote unquote enough time, but that is because what they're doing right now is inefficient. It kind of comes back to this point I mentioned in one of the episodes in season one about removing fluff where if you've ever watched a person who's just learning to drive for the first time and or, and or they're going for a driving lesson with uh, you know a driving instructor, they're all over the place. I mean, there, there's so much extra thinking going on. They're looking at all the different mirrors a hundred times a minute. They're white knuckling the steering wheel. There's no there's no fluidity and there's no flow to anything they're doing. There's just high, high, high levels of mental exhaustion because they're looking at every wing mirror, every mirror, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They're white knuckling the steering wheel. It's, it's Everything is very rigid and it takes up so much extra energy. There's so much extra doing. There's so much extra movements. Part of you becoming more advanced is titrating down your movement. So you'll notice that someone who's really experienced with driving, they almost blend with the vehicle. They become one with the vehicle. You can feel the brake pedals and you can feel the road and you could hold it with like one finger if you really wanted to. And everything is very fluid. You can achieve those types of fluid flow states in your training, in your nutrition. But most people operate like learner drivers with those things. So it would be like you saying, I don't have the time. I don't have the mental bandwidth. I don't have the X, Y, Z. But you're, you're thinking about it from a place of being a learner driver, right? So you're not understanding that you need to get better at refining a lot of the processes you're doing. Part of what I do with a lot of the high performers that I teach is this titration method, these processes of distilling down what truly matters and stripping everything back to minimum effective dose. Guys, I've worked with multiple doctors before. I've worked with pharmacists. I've worked with investment bankers. I've worked with special forces military. I've worked with police officers. I've worked with a huge number of 
what people would consider professionals. And it's not because they are maxing out and they have no more time left. It's because there is too many efficiency inefficiencies in their processes. And so part of it is to look at titration, dis- distillation of these processes and to habit stack off current systems. So there's this whole process that I will use where I'll look at people's routines and I'll suggest integrating micro habits off current things they already do as a way to habit stack to get more things done back to back to back and also leveraging and outsourcing decision making. Part of why coaching can be so useful and what I've experienced with a lot of my students is that I help them make decisions. Part of it long term is sure, yeah, you want to get to a point where you can make decisions autonomously. But part of your mental fatigue comes from the fact that you're making decisions around things that you're uncertain about. You're making decisions around things you're uncertain about. And so the mental, first of all, you're getting mentally fatigued because there's too many decisions at your disposal and you're just getting decision paralysis. And the second thing is because you're not even sure that it's the right decision, you hem and whore and you end up making more wrong decisions than right ones. And so part of an outsourcing of decision-making through coaching is actually the way forward to outsource and leverage my brain, like being like a vegan plant-based Siri where you can ask questions and I can give you the best possible solution or options given your circumstances. But it comes back to this point, guys, that people who are high performers period, have it across the board. So they're working on their relationships. They're trying to connect with their spouse. They're trying to connect with their friends. They're connecting and they're trying to grow and they're moving in the right direction and they're communicating their goals and dreams. And like for for Lauren and myself, for example, it's been a challenging few years as parents because, you know, it's hard when you're young parents and you're trying to figure out how, how does your relationship adapt and change now that you have a little one in your life all the time but we'll often talk about our goals and dreams and where we're going and where we're heading and try to get back in alignment and we'll often do this to get back in alignment to to recalibrate time and time again how often are you doing that right that is so fundamentally important and then when it comes to the power stuff i would argue that most people either don't do enough and they're slobs or they do too much and they're doing like 75 hard or some excessive challenge where they're training six days a week for like 90 minutes and they're burning themselves at both ends. And so they're doing a process that's not sustainable long-term. And then when it finishes, they go back to where they were. That's not how you maximize the ROIs in your life, guys. You need to titrate down your process. So you, you need to be looking at how you do less and get the same, if not better result. Because then the beauty of this is this ties back into how this impacts your production and purpose. So like if you want to, if you're really business driven or business orientated, or you really want to be financially free or successful, you need to get your mind sharp. You need to get your health in check. Your ability to get positive outcomes with sales or getting new jobs or getting job opportunities, if you are healthy and vibrant and positive and glowing and just a radiant human being, you're way more likely to get that than someone who's not those things. If you have the same amount of skill level with the job as they do. 
And so you get that unfair advantage. And it's not even an unfair, people would say it's an unfair advantage. It's not, it's you putting in the work and recognizing that whether you think that you own a business or not, you are a brand. So if you are self-employed or you are employed by someone else or you are a contractor or you outsource your skills, you are a brand. You are sharing your values and your message with the world, your value system. And so if you can embody, so for me, for example, I want to embody someone who is high-performing, has good energy all day, has time to travel, spend time with family, explore, connect, has meaningful conversations, fills other people's cups up, contributes positively to helping students learn and grow and evolve and teaching these methods. If I can embody that and I can show you that, how much more likely are you to trust me that I can lead you through that, that, that minefield of decisions and help you find the path? than if I was burned out and sick and all these other things. It brings me to this point. I've seen other coaches before, nutritionists, fitness coaches, whatever you want to call them, and they'll talk about how they're just being honest about how they had a relapse or they're doing a challenge or they put on a bit of weight through Christmas and now they're getting themselves back in order and and people will get, you know, be generally be pretty supportive of that. You know, like uh, someone who was a coach and they might have put on 20 pounds and they got fluffy and they didn't feel good about themselves and they wanted to get their health back in check. Good on them. But I wouldn't hire that person to coach me. Why? Because they're still yo-yo dieting. Why would you hire someone who hasn't even mastered the skills that you want to achieve? And so for me, that's why I don't yo-yo diet. That's why you don't see me anymore getting fluffy or doing these things because I absolutely value the message that I'm sending to you. I want you to know that this is repeatable and this is sustainable. If someone is yo-yo dieting and they're a coach, <clears throat> what does that tell you? It tells you that their processes, whatever they're doing, are in some way, shape or form not sustainable because they couldn't even sustain them themselves. Now, again, this is not me saying that they're less of a person. They could still be an amazing human being. This is me just pointing out this obvious thing that would be a determining factor whether I would get that person to counsel me with their advice or not, and I wouldn't. So that's why these things are so important, guys, because you are your branding. You are your message. And your branding doesn't just pertain, like I mentioned, to people in sales and business. Your, your, your message emanates to your children. It emanates to your family, your parents, your extended family, your friends, your co-workers. If you want more purpose in your life and you want more positive influence, start taking your health more seriously. Because if you become the strongest version of yourself like I've been talking about and you get your house in order, you will start to become that leader that other people look to. And I'm telling you guys, there is something really fulfilling about becoming a leader in this world. Like having other people turn to you and you having the confidence that you can lead them to better outcomes in their life. There's something so empowering about that. So when it comes to high performing, understand that food is software. You need to titrate down. If you don't have the physical result you want, you are leaving money on the table in every sense of the word. And even if you do have the physical result you want, if you find that it's really hard to sustain and you can't quote unquote do any more because you have no more time, 
the system and the efficiency of that system is wrong. Something's not right. And it's going to be too hard to sustain long term. And you are going to burn out. Remember, all gas, no brakes. Eventually, you're going to hit the brick wall. So my friends, high performers are people as someone who can be aspiring. You might not be there yet. You might be there. You might be there in certain areas. But as someone who has and consciously works on their health from a place of minimum effective dose and titration and doing the most efficient things to get their best outcomes and focuses on positive health internally and externally. They focus on their relationships, intimate and friends, and they constantly try to fill those cups up. They're not energy vampires. They're trying to pour into other people's cups. Purpose. What's your calling? Why are you here? What is your message? That might tie into production. And if production is something that you feel like you're lacking in, then that is why nutrition and training is so important because you're leaving ROIs on the table. When you can get into more flow states and you can get better mental clarity and less brain fog because your diet and nutrition are in check, your productivity and your ROIs in business will massively increase. That's what I do, guys. Most people just think, oh, do you do fat loss and muscle building? Guys, that's a byproduct of what I do. What I do is all the stuff that I've just told you. And the physical result is a byproduct of that. That's why these processes are so valuable and it's why they are so important. So look at these different pillars and be honest with yourself today and say, what areas am I lacking in? And rather than trying to fortify the areas you're already strong in, lean in and start doing the work in those other areas that you are weaker in first. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.